Okay, let's get into Parsha Shmini, Tavshin Ayin Gimel, the post-Pesach world. Tavshin Ayin Gimel, and let's start off, we'll hopefully start and end off with a thought related to this time of year. Start off with a question that the Rishonim already asked. I gave you an answer from the Achronim, but the Rishonim already asked the question. Right, A few days ago, whether one is in Chutz Laaretz, and today was, was Isru Chag for Chutz Laaretz, <coughs> and all of those in Eretz Yisrael here, we are 24 hours from, from, Isru, from Isru Chag, 48 hours from the Yantif. The question is asked, why is it that on Mosai Yantif, we don't make a bracha of Bissamim? Mosai Shabbos, we don't make a bracha of Bissamim. Mosai Yantif, there's no bracha of Bissamim. If it's Mosai Shabbos going into Yantif, there's also no bracha of Bissamim. <coughs> But Dafka, well, we know. Why do we have Bissamim? Because there's an Hashem Yaseira on Shabbos, and when it leaves, we're sad, and we want to be revived. We want to be put in a good mood, or at least neutral, when our Hashem Yaseira left. So we have the Bracha Bissamim. We smell something that smells good. You can make whatever you smell anything, right? You make the Bracha Borim name Bissamim. But Dafka, on Moshe Shabbos, Chazal instituted that we make the Bracha in order to revive us and put us in a better mood that we, now that we lost the Neshama Yaseira. The question is, why don't we do that on Mosai Yantif? We're also sad. We're also going out of the Yom Kadosh. Could it be that there is no Neshama Yaseira on Yantif? The Rishonim ask it as follows. If there's no Neshama Yaseira on Yantif, so you should make the Bracha B'Samim on Mosai Shabbos going into Yantif. Mimanashaf, there's a problem. If you don't make it on Mosai Yantif, then you should be making it going into Yantif. So all the Rishonim in, in Psachim, in the last Parakanar, Psachim, the Rashbam, and others, uh, discuss this question. Tosfus, the Tzvasemis there amongst the Akronim, they all ask this question. But there's one answer given here in the Magalias Ashas, which is a compilation of Akronim on Psachim, on Dav Kuvbez That's where the Rishonim discuss it. Says the Magalias Ashas here, quoting, He's explaining the Rishonim, but the Rishonim don't really explicate it as much as this. But it's based on earlier sources. Really, Yantif has a Neshama Yaseira. Yantif has a Neshama Yaseira. Be'emes, Be'yantif, Yishkamke, Neshama Yaseira. Aye, so what's the difference? What's the difference between Shabbos and Yantif? As we know, the Gemara says in Beitzah and elsewhere, Shabbos is Kviyav Akaima. Shabbos is said, it comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shabbos' Kedusha is from above. Hashem sets the Kedusha. Yantif's Kedusha, Yantif comes from us. Mikadesh Yisrael v'Hazmanim. We started the Kedusha of Yantif, of Pesach, and we create the Kedusha every time there is a Chag. If Bezdin does not sanctify the month, if Bezdin doesn't decide when Yantif should be, then it's not Yantif. Bezdin decides. Mikadesh Yisrael v'Hazmanim. So on Shabbos, it's automatic. But on Yantif, we do it. Says the Margalias Ashas. On Shabbos, it's automatic. It comes, and then boom, it leaves. We don't have a choice in the matter. It's gone and leaves. That's it. We're sad. We're sad. We have to summon. But on Yantif, we created it. On Yantif, it's from us. So by the end of Yantif, it doesn't leave automatically. If we do what we can to keep it, if we do what we can to be mamshech the Kedusha, to take the experience of the Chagim with us after Yantiv, then it doesn't leave. Obviously, the Kedusha Sayom leaves. There's no more Isra Malacha. But the messages and the themes of Yantiv can continue with us, and that's why you don't need Besamim, because nothing's automatically leaving. It's Yantiv, which also comes from us. Let's read it. 
the BMS beyond of Yish Gamkein, Nishama Yisera. Aval Achilaku, the Shal Shabbos Gedola Maod, Kivan Shaba, Mikoach El Yonisa Rusa de la Ele. It all comes from above. Ulu Mazeb Motzi Shabbos, Shenifsa Kedusha Shabbos, Wanoti Shabbos, when it leaves, Gam Hanashama Yisera Halechesla. It's gone automatically and it makes us sad. And the Gemara Beitza, Vai of the Nafesh, Masha Enkein Shal Yandif. Kivan shehi ba mikochenu, it comes from us. Ukiyadua she yantif talibi Yisrael she mekachem ayantif. So the neshama Yisera could stay. Yantif could stay with us. And that's why, even especially now, where we're really in the middle of yantif, right? I didn't, I didn't give it to you again, but the Ramban's lashon and Parshas Mr. that the days of Svira are really chalamoeg. All of Pesach, all seven days of Pesach. As we know, the last day of Pesach is the only yantif that there is no shechianu. Because it's all, it's like one holiday. What is the atzeres of Pesach? What's the, like, Shmini atzeres into Sukkot? What's the atzeres of Pesach? Shvuis. As Chazal, in Torah Shabal Pesh. Shvuis is called atzeres. In Torah Shabal Chzav, Shmini atzeres is called atzeres. So really, we're in the middle of Yantif still. Right? It's, it's Yimea Svirat. It's a, like a Cholomoe. That's the Ramban's Lashon. Based on Kabbalistic sources in Parshas Amor. So, if it applies to any Yantif, but it surely applies to Pesach, that we should take Pesach with us. And that's why we don't have to make a bracha on Bissamim on Yantif, on Motza Yantif, or on Yantif that falls on Motzi Shabbos, because we created one. And only on Motza Shabbos, when it's not in our power to take it with us, uh, that is why uh, there's a difference between Shabbos and Yantif. This also might connect to Tosefa Shabbos, at least we should try to do something ourselves. Either way, this is what sets the stage for us. Over the next couple of weeks, we should try to take the values and the messages and the ideas of Pesach with us as we head towards these days of Svirah, as we look towards Kabbalah Satorah as well. Okay, that gets the ball rolling. And now we get into Parshas Shmini. Parshas Shmini is a parsha that we don't always have a shear on. Sometimes it's right after Pesach. This is the third year we're having a discussion of Parshas Shmini. Three out of five isn't, uh, it's pretty good. Baruch Hashem. But, uh, the third year. So we're gonna say some thoughts that might be familiar to, from, uh, from other contexts where we mentioned some of these thoughts. But, uh, hopefully we'll have some new ideas as well. Again, let's start off with the name of the Parsha. And a thought from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Vayehi Bayom Shmini. As we know, it's been a while since we lained. We lained a number of times, but since we last were in the Parshas HaShavua mode, when we last met, we were in Parshas Tzav, and really not just Parshas Tzav, Parshas Shmini really goes back to the middle of Sefer Shmos. The end of Sefer Shmos, the middle of Sefer Shmos, the Mishkan is finally built. It took them a week. Moshe Rabbeinu puts up the Mishkan, it takes down the Mishkan, puts it up. Remember we said, we talked about this first thought, positive, months ago, when we said, mentioned the thought of Rabbi Steinsaltz, about the, the Mishkan has to be so perfect, and until the last bolt is made, and you have to see if the Hashrat Hashkin is going to come. So here it is. It's the eighth day. What's going to happen? Moshe Rabbeinu has put up the Mishkan for a week and taken it down, putting it up, taking it down. Finally, the day that it's supposed to last. Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Kara Moshe Moshe calls to Aaron and his sons, Uluzikna Yisrael, and he says, Aaron, this is the avodah that you have to do. This is what you have to do. Shmini Lamiluin. Said It's interesting that the parsha starts off on the eighth day. It's like a continuation. You would think the parsha should start off either on the first day or the eighth day should be at the end of the previous parsha. And yet, the beginning of our parsha and the name of our parsha is Shmini, the eighth day. What's the message? 
The message of being in the middle, but it's the start of the Parsha. And you might even say if it's more bolate in that we haven't read a Parsha in two weeks. And, you know, Shabbos HaGadol, we don't focus even so much on the Parsha. So it's been three weeks since we've had a regular Parsha. So it's like fun and we come back and we're in the middle. Shemini. Line 7. By breaking to begin a new Parsha in the middle of this story, the Torah appears to be hinting to us that the eighth day, while superficially a mere continuation of the days that preceded it, actually had a totally different character. It's the eighth, but it's the first. It's the eighth, but it's totally different than the days that preceded it. What's the message? The eighth day brings Hashras HaShchin and the Mishkan. But we know many sources, the Maharal emphasizes this in many of his writings. Eight always symbolizes Lamala Menateva. Always, eight always symbolizes what's beyond the infinite. Brismila, Yovel, Shmini Atzeres, the eight strings of tzitzes. Imagine even in any physical point in the, in the, in any point in the physical world has Six directions, which we'll talk about again soon, plus the midpoint, which anchors all the directions. Everything, the rainbow has seven. Natural, physical, that's all sevens. Eight is beyond. Eight is supernatural. Eight is symbolizing of the infinite. There's no connection between the first seven days, or very little connection. We'll see how to connect it. Between seven and eight. Seven days, that was physical. Building the Mishkan, taking it apart, building it. Come Shmini, the Hashras Hashchina, that is brought on the eighth day. That was brought about, yes, by the seven, but realize this is a new Parsha. There's a new Parsha here. Don't think this is a natural continuum from what had been. Top right. And it is this fundamental incompatibility between seven and eight. I'm sorry, I skipped. You can read it on the bottom left. Being truly infinite, it can have no meaningful relationship with the finite. Seven and eight really have no connection. And it is this fundamental incompatibility between seven and eight to which the Torah alludes by placing Shmini in a parsha of its own. The Torah is teaching us that eight, infinite and godly, seven cannot be mixed. But the question is, but it is a Hemshech. There were seven days plus eight. So how is this the eighth day then? There's one way that we could connect the finite to the infinite. The physical to the spiritual. There's only one way. Actually, 613 ways. The way that we connect 7 to 8 is through the 613. Through following the Tzibli Hashem. How can there be 7 days? Shiva Simei Luim. There's a separation. Shmini is a new parsha, But it's still the 8th. What connected it? Kashar Tziva Hashem es Moshe. But God and his commands, of course, are not bound by the paradox of matter and spirit. Thus, when man follows God's command to perform a particular task with a physical object, we witness the most unlikely fusion of opposites. I shake a luluf. What am I doing? I'm shaking a palm branch. That physical object, whose very nature is to conceal the presence of God, now becomes a pure expression of the infinite divine will. Thus, he ends off. The 613 mitzvahs are, in effect, 613 bridges between 7 and 8. Consequently, it is through the observance of these mitzvahs that God's presence will become visible within the physical world with the true and complete ge'ula, the chulu, the eighth. 7 and 8, no connection, but a very strong connection. New parsha, but building on the old. 
says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, it's all in the first Pasuk, by Yehi, by Yom Hashmi. And again, it's nothing's a coincidence in, on the Jewish calendar. We read this right after Pesach. Right after Pesach, and we're counting seven weeks. Seven weeks of seven days each. And then we're going to get to 50th, eighth week. Right, it's all right here by Yom Hashmini. We're looking forward to the to the seventh to the eighth week as well. Okay, moving right along. Perak test pasuk Zion, seventh pasuk in the parsha. So Moshe Rabbeinu gives all the commands to Aaron to his children exactly what they're supposed to do. There are carbonos, there's chatas, there's ola, and Aaron does it. He dips his blood, he dips his hand finger in the blood, and. Actually, even before he does it, Moshe gives him the commands, and then Moshe says, Aaron, go close. Perform your chatas, perform your ola, bring kapara for yourself, for the am. Chazal pick up on karav el Obviously, he told him to do the avoda. So what is Moshe emphasizing? Go to the Mizbeach. He obviously has to go to the Mizbeach. He's going to shack the animal and he's going to go burn the Chelev and maybe other parts, the Ola, everything on the Mizbeach. What's the emphasis of Krav? Aram, please, be my guest. Krav. Says Rashi, quoting the Torah's Kohanim, Shahaya Aaron Bosh. Viarela Geshes. Aaron was Bosh. How would you translate that? Embarrassed? Mitbayesh? He didn't, he didn't want to. For some reason he didn't want to. Bosh. The Yarela Geshes. He didn't want to go close. He didn't want to go near the Mizbeach. Rashi, in this quote of the Medrash, does not explain why. Right? Rashi does not quote the whole Medrash here. He just says he was, he didn't want to go. Omar lo Moshe, lama ta Bosh, lakach nifcharta. What are you so, what are you so worried about? Just go! Lakach nifcharta, you've been chosen. What was Aaron thinking? So before looking in the Medrash, before looking in the Ramban, we would probably say, well, Aaron many times since Parshas Kisisa has a defense mechanism that always goes up. And it's always on Aaron's mind. So we will see. There are two mess- there are two thoughts in the Medrash. One of them we could have guessed without looking into the Medrash, and that is Egel. Right? Aaron's always thinking about the Egel. Right? It comes up many times in the Torah. Aaron is always nervous and worried. Let's see what the Medrash says. The Ramban, basic Ramban on the Parsha. Says the Ramban, he does not quote Rashi here, interestingly. Even though the Ramban says, Ramban always quotes Rashi and then says his own shot. The Ramban says in the Hakdamid, his commentary on the Torah, many times he argues on Rashi. But he says, Lo Mishpata Bechorah. Right, he says Rashi's the Bechor. Rashi's, he's, he can't learn Chomish without the Ramban, learn Chomish and Rashi. And then he says, Rashi wasn't as pshat-oriented as I want to be, so he gives his own pshat to him. But here he doesn't quote it. Says the Ramban. What does it mean? Yomar. So, says the Ramban, before he gets into the Medrash, don't get so excited about the word krav. It's just part of the tzivui. Yomar. Go, go to the north side of the Mizbeach, where the karbanos have to be slaughtered. They are Kadshe Kadshim. We have to be slaughtered on the north side. Aaron knew this already. But Moshe is just like saying, come on, go, go, please. Go to the north side. 
Meaning the Rabban says, you don't have to say there's anything wrong with the Pasuk. There's nothing extra. You don't have to say there's anything extra. Aaron, please go do this. Avau, so he says that's Derech Hapshat, but it is Avau, Bitaras Koanim, Nis Oruru Raboseinu Bazet. But the Medrash gives two ideas. Umash Lomasho, Loma Davadome, first Pshat, Amasho, Lomelech Basar Vadam, Shenasa Isha, Vahaisa Mispayesh, Milafanov. There was a king who got married. King, the woman's like, me? I'm going to get married to the king? Yes! She got married. She's not used to being in royalty. But she was married to the king. And she was mitvayeshet. She didn't want to go to be with the king. This is the king. I'm going to be with the king? This is the king we're talking about. Yeah, but you're, you're the queen. Yeah, but, but it's the king. I just became the queen. Nichnasa et slachota. So her sister goes over to her and says, I'm relachoti, why do you get married? You got married to be the queen. The king wants you to be his wife. What are you, what are you waiting for? Hagisi daitech, raise up your mind. Usually gasus ruach is, is a negative. But here it's raise yourself up a little bit. Uboi shimshis hamelech, go serve the king. You think the king is awesome and amazing? But so are you. That's exactly what happened. Aaron was like, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the Mishkan. This is it. This is the reason that we came out of Mitzrayim. Me? What? I'm going to be in charge? I'm going to be the Kohen Gadol for HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Moshe says, go. Moshe's like the sister in the Mashal. Achi, loma nifcharta liyoz, loma nifcharta liyoz Kohen Gadol. Sh'loshe t'sharei s'lafnei ha'makom. Isn't it to do this? Hagei s'daytecha u'bo v'avod avodasach. Go do it. Medrash number one. Aaron is mitvayesh, and he goes. V'yesh omrin. But then there's the second idea, says the Ramban. Haya Aaron roe es ha-mizbeach kitavnis shor. Aaron sees the mizbeach like an ox. What does it mean like an ox, like a shor? He sees the horns, the kronos of the mizbeach, and he's reminded of an ox of a cow, v'haya misyari mimenu, and he's nervous, meaning egel, right? He's got the uh, the egel focus again. Nichnas Moshe etzlo, and Moshe goes to him. Armalo Aaron achi lo tirami ma lo don't be scared. Mimashatamit yarei hages daitecho beukarevelav go. Lakach amar kravalam isbeach veikravalam isbeach bezrizos. Moshe gave him a push, and he did it. Vitamzeh, and now the Ramban expands on this second idea. Says the Ramban, why did Aaron have this worry? Ki ba'avur shahaya Aaron kadosh Hashem ve'ein benafsho ched zulasi ma'isa ha'egel. This was the only thing he ever did wrong. At this point, that comes ba'loscha. But the only thing. Ha'yacheta hu kavu'al ha'machshavaso. It was always on his mind. V'chatas chanegdi tamid, as David HaMelech said. We do something wrong, we're never supposed to forget. We're never supposed to forget if we do something wrong. Even if we do chuba about it. We do chuba on it again every Yom Kippur. Kenyan Shinera, Vachatasi Negdi Samid. Vahayanit Velo. What, the Mizbeach looks like a, like a cow? If we would see the Mizbeach, we would think, oh, wow, that's a nice ox. No, we wouldn't. But if, an, if the ego is constantly on my mind, 
So then everything I see is going gonna, is gonna to conjure up in my head. The Ramban is saying, it's not like he really thought that, that it looked like it. But it was always on his mind. He thinks that his involvement in the Egel is going to be Ma'akiv the Kaparis. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu has to get him over the hump. Don't be so low. Hashem wants you. Hashem wants you to do it. How would one classify the difference between these two ideas of the Ramban? Right, two beautiful ideas. First, you know, the mushal of the king and Aranako and the, and the, the, the queen. Oh, me, the king, I can't. Aranako, he says, Baruch Baruch Hu, me. Moshe, that's what you're chosen for. And the second idea that is focused on the Ego. So maybe one could suggest that we know that there are two drachim in Avodah Hashem, spoken about by many svarim. We'll see one in a minute. And that is, what is the, and we need both, a little bit of both. What's the best way to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and what should be our mentality in realizing who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is and who we are? Should the focus be on godless haboreh or should the focus be on shiftless ha'adam? Should my focus be on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you are awesome, you're unbelievable, you are so great, you're so amazing, so lofty, so majestic, and in that way become close to him or distance myself from him because I realize how great he is? Or should I, more fo- should I focus more on the lowliness of man? Sometimes called Slobodka and Vardik, but the shiftless Adam. Who am I? I'm an ant. I'm a nothing. I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm... What's the first shot of the Ramban? The Ramban says, Aaron Akoi. What was Aaron thinking? I, 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 the king! Akadosh Baruch Hu. I'm going to be the servant for Akadosh Baruch Hu. The king! Godless Habore. Romamus habore. Second shot, Aaron's like, I'm a chote. I'm a sinner. I blew it. I'm going to be ma'akev the kapara. I can't, I can't do it. Look who I am. Godless habore or shiftless hada. And we need a little of both. Right? They say the, the, the Bali Musa who used to carry around two, two, pieces, of, uh, two pieces of paper in their, in their pocket. One of them is Anochi uh, Afa Vaefer. Right, another one is different different versions of what was in the other one. Adamelo, Adama is me Adam, Adam is me Adama from the earth, or Adama is Adamelo. I could be like him. Right? One pos one pocket about how great, and one pocket how low. With Solvechik, we just had his twentieth yard site last week. Solvechik uses this in a different context to explain a Gemara Masaka Sukkah. We know we shake the lulav in all different directions. The Gemara tells us in Mesecha Sukkah, on Daflam Mitzayin, in source number four, the Gemara is quoted, the beginning of the uh, source, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Molech Umevi Lemisha Ha'arba Rucha Shalom. We go back and forth with our lulav. Molech, this is from Rabbi Rechem and Sefer, from her Salvation's Torah on Sukkah. Rabbi Molech Umevi, you go one way and you bring it back, Lemisha Ha'arba Rucha Shalom, in all four directions. To the one who owns the directions. Sha'ar Baruchho Shalom. Amr of Yosi. Molochu Mevi Kede Latsa Ruchos Ros. Malu Umar Kede Latsa Tfalam Royim. Rabbi Yazrachani said, no, you go back and forth to protect ourselves from the evil dues that might affect us. 
So you might read this, we might read this, I got it to say, okay, let's move on. It says Rev Salvechik, no, there's an akuda here. What's the machlokas between the reasons why we're molech umevi? Lamisha arba shalom, or lots of ruchos rose. Says Rev Salvechik, yeshrem shnei yesodos bekabalos o malchus There are two yesodos and we need both of them. Romamus haborei shiflas ha'adam. Realizing the greatness of God or the lowliness of man. Bekriyashma mudgeshes gabus habore. Kriyashma is about the greatness of God and that he gives us charva onesh. Right? Hashem alokeinu, Hashem echad. U betfila mutemes shiflas ha'adam betluso belokim. Shmona Esrei is more about how everything is tali on him. We are tali on him. Bakasha, bakasha, bakasha. The assumption of bakasha is that we can't do it without him. We're low. We have slichos and we have piyutim. Right? We have shnei inyanim, or he has two inyanim in piyutim. Piyutim, melech elyon, or other types of paragraphs. Gablus habore, unisana tokef, shiflus ha'adam. We have both of these themes. That's the machlokas here, says Rav Salvechik. Mahu iker hayesod. What's the ikr of waving the kachim or shaking the lulav? Is it to focus on the godless of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? O shiflis ha'adam. Or to focus on the lowliness of man. To prevent ourselves and protect ourselves from, from ruchos ros. Okay, so that's the two ideas of the Ramban. And... Can uh, and we uh, will move on now to the next. Thank you. Kashrus. Most of this parsha is about kashrus. I think we mentioned in past years. Right, right after Pesach, we have Hilchas Kashrus. Right, don't forget. We can't forget. Not only on Pesach do we have to look at the labels. Right, not only on Pesach. I mean, it's a little easier after Pesach, but uh, to make sure. Shmini is about kashrus. Okay, a couple of thoughts. Maybe the rest of our discussion tonight will be various inyane kashos. Let's focus, focus on Perek Yud Aleph. We're going to skip this year the chait of Nadav and Aviyu, of Aaron Sons. We discussed that various times in the past. We'll touch on it, but let's go to Perek Yud Aleph. Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Dabru el b'nei Yisrael emar, tell b'nei Yisrael, these are the animals. We have all this simanim, simanim of chayes and mehemos, ophos, dugim, and shrutzim, and the and the, uh, the grasshoppers, the chulu that are that are kosher and that are not kosher. Good. Let's focus on the animals first. The split hooves chewing its cud category. These are the ones that you're not allowed to eat. Es hagamal pasig Kimala gerehu farsoyin and amafris. Pasik hey, vesa shafan. Kimala gerehu farsoloyafris. Pasik zavav. Our neves. Kimala's gerehu farsoloyafrisa. Parenthetically, right, this is one of the words that was changed in the Septuagint. Because our neves was the wife of Talmai's name. So they had to change her because they didn't want to say that she was a Talmai bird, Talmai animal. Vesa chazir pasik zayin. And the pig. Kimafris parsohu vishosashes a parsohu geraloyigar. So we have the four major non-kosher animals that are listed here. Rabbeinu Bachai points out that this 
is they are in four different psukim. Pasuk Dalid, Hey, Vav, and Zayin. Why is that significant? Because in Parshas Re'eh, in Sefer Dvarim, the first three are in one Pasuk. The Chazir is in a separate Pasuk. A Ha'ara. Can't build a Shear based on that. But it's a Ha'ara. Rabbeinu Bachai says again, here you have all four, the Gamal, the Shafan, the Arnevis, and the Chazir, in four different Sukkim. And in Re'eh, the first three are in one Pasuk, the Chazir is in the next Pasuk. Why? That we mentioned a few weeks ago, the Parshios of the Torah come from non-Jewish sources. The Prakim, I'm sorry, the Prakim of the Torah come from non-Jewish sources, the split up of the Prakim. The Psukim come from Moshe Rabbeinu. So we can ask this question. Why here? Is it four Psukim? And in Re'eh, the first three are in one, and then the fourth are in a separate one. Says Rabbeinu Bachai. And this is a major Rabbeinu Bachai. These four animals symbolize and foretell all of Jewish history. The Dalit Goliaths that we will and are going through. First, he talks about the animals themselves. Says the Rabbeinu Bachaineh, Uba Medrash, line 11. According to Medrash, but expanding upon it. Line 11. Every chaya in itself. Why is every animal deserving to get its own pasik? Just say, they're all tame. They're all not kosher. No. Every galus is a separate, unique experience for Am Yisrael. Every gullus was terrible, but every gullus had its own element that we were supposed to learn something from. And that's why everyone gets, gets its own pasik. Vidarshu Chazal, and they base it on the psukim. Gamal. What's the Gamal? What's the first gullus we went through? Besides Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is in its own category, because that's the source of all, all later gullios. But after Mitzrayim, we have the Dal gullios. Gamal, Zumalchus Bavel. Shene Emar. What do we say in Al Naharos Bavel? Bas Bavel Hashiduda Ashreshi Shalimachas Gumulech Shegamaltlanu. So you see the verb Gamal, put it together with the noun Gamal in that passage. Just Eric Aga, the Shlakadish writes, the Mr. Burr quotes it in Simon Aleph in, in Arachayim, that we should say Al Naharos Bavel at meals during the week, and we should say Shiramalos on Shabbos. For some reason, only Shiramalos made it. People say Shiram Alas on Shabbos and Yantif, but Al Naros Bavel, it's the same Shlach, others, which is the source of it. Now, there aren't uh, good enough tunes for Al Naros Bavel. That's why Shiram Alas has better tunes. Okay, we, maybe we should try to be mocked. We don't need a tune. Just to say it uh, quietly before we bench. Anyway, so, says the, so the first Golas is Gamal, Zu Malchus Bavel. Number two, Shafan, Zu Yavan. What's Yavan? What did Yavan do? Shabbatla HaTorim, Yavan Yavan was Mevatel, and caused the Torah to be less powerful. As we know, the Septuagint was in the time of the Yavanim. We were thirsty. Right? That was Yavan. And that's alluded to in, in Shafan Arneves. What's Arneves? What was the next goes? Not in Ozumadai. Right? It's not exactly in order, but 
Zumadai, Sha'asta, which is really number two, Sha'asta Yisrael Peya, Fihifkir Lahashmid Laroglabe, Madai Uparas, right, Persia, Haman, Fachin Shem Ashes Talmai Arneveshma, right, also Arneves is Ashes, Ashes Talmai. Vesa Chazir, Zumachus Galus Ravi, the Chazir, that's Rome, that's Edom, that's Bayesheni, Churban Bayesheni, Shenemar Yechar Semena Chazir Miyar. So each Pasik is telling us about a separate Gaulus. And we have the last one being the Chazir, which we are still in now. In Mishnah Torah, you have the first three in one Pasik. Because yes, it's four Gaulios, and they're all separate and unique, but the fourth one is so much more severe, both in quality and in quantity. Aval b'mishnah Torah v'seder re'ei his kishloshton v'pasag echad husha kasuv. That's what it says. Es ha'gamal v'esar neves v'esar shafan ki ma'ala gerehema v'iskir harivi b'pasag b'fnei atzmo. The fourth gets its own pasag husha kasuv v'es ha'chazir ki ma'fris parasav v'hu lo gerah. Why? V'hayazel lirmos. This is Jewish history hinted to in the Torah thousands of years ago. Ki ashalosh galios. The first three Galios are really like, they're connected. But this, this Galos that we're in now, for 2,000 years, it's a separate Pasek. It's a separate this is the most tragic and difficult Gaulus. And that's why he gets his own Pasik, even in Re'e. And then he quotes to Kenegad Arba Galios, Halalu, Hiskadara Malach, Abshab Arbafam Hodab. Interestingly, he says in the Hodu, what's called Halal Hagadol, which we say every Shabbos and Yantav morning, there are four Hodus in that paragraph. Why are there four Hodus? Maybe he's referring to Madai later on. The first three Hodus are connected and close to each other. But then Hodu is at the end. That's Malchus Edom. Why? Because David HaMelech could already see or hope to see that the Goliaths, as we've mentioned in the past, in hindsight at least, we could say a hodu about a Golis, realizing it was what we needed. He gave a hodah related to to all of them. Then he quotes the discussion later more about the other midrashim about Chazir that the uh, the there's some midrashim that say the Chazir is going to become kosher. Achlokas be shown. Does that mean literally? Does that mean only that the Roman Gaulus is going to end? That's what it means that it's going to become kosher. He quotes, he holds, he's on line 35. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar quotes an idea that the Romans are going to help us build by Ishlishi, which Rabbi Shevel in the footnote says, 
which is against other Rishonim. Rashi and Tosas both say in Sukkah that Hashem's going to build the third base of Megdash. It's going to come down from Shemayim. The Rambam says that Melech HaMashiach is going to build the base of Megdash. There's a third idea. The Romans are going to help build the base of Megdash by Shlishi. Okay, he points that out at the bottom. Either way, four animals, Dalad Galios, separate Psukim, all together in Re'eh, with the final one having its own. Okay, that's the animals. Let's move on to fish. Move on to fish. So what are the simonim of a fish? Says the Torah. Ezotochlu mikol asher b'mayim, pasik tes. Kol asher los nafir v'kaskeses b'mayim. Anything that has scales and fins, fins and scales, b'yamim uvanachalim osam tochelu. Right? All those fins and scales. V'kol asher ein los nafir v'kaskeses. If it doesn't have sapir v'kaskeses, b'yamim uvanachalim in the rivers and the waters. Then sheketim lochem. Then they are they are mishukat. They should be separated from you. Right? They're separate. And the Torah repeats it. Good. So we know fins and scales. Says the Mishnah in Meseches Nida on Daf Nun Aleph Amibes. It's quoted in the beginning of the source of six. Says the Mishnah. Call sheyeshlo kashkeses yeshlo snapir. Any fish that has scales also has fins. If you see scales, you don't have to check for fins because it has fins. The yesh sheyeshlo snapir veinlo kashkeses. Some only have fins and don't have scales. That's the Mishnah. Asks the Gemara the obvious question: If you need the scales, and if it has scales, you know it has fins, then it's really only one simintara then fins are meaningless. Who cares about fins? It's scales. If, it, if you see scales, it's kosher. If there are no scales, it's not kosher. So what do you mean there are two signs for a fish? Fins and scales. Scales is the ichor. Not only the ichor, scales is it. That's it. That's the Gemara's question. If every scaled fish has fins, so then just forget the fins. The Torah should only give one simon. Shoelas Agamara summarizes the Yagdal Torah. Mikiva Cho Iker Kashishlo Kashkeses. Lama Kasva Hatorah Snapir. Says the Gemara, a very unusual line. Says the Gemara, if you remember, Nida Nun Aleph, Tanadvera Bishmael, La Hagdil Torah Ulahadir. So the Gemara says, so you can have Talmud Torah. La Hagdil, to make Torah great. What is that supposed to mean? Tosa says, well, Misa, what does it mean? You don't need this halacha. What does it mean? So many different suggestions given. What does that mean? So he quotes. Quotes here from Rav Alter. That, what's the difference between scales and fins? What do the scales do and what do the fins do? <coughs> scales protect the fish. Right? It's their armor. It's on them. It protects the fish. Fins help them move. Help them go forward. Scales protect the fish, doesn't get damaged. It doesn't get hurt. Snapir, to help me to help me go. To help me float, to help me swim. What's the message? There are two Simanitara. What did the Gemara say? Scales are enough. Scales are enough. 
Sometimes we go through life thinking, as long as I protect myself, as long as I don't fall into a trap, I'm okay. As long as I stay where I am, as long as I stay protected, that's all God wants from me. As long as I protect myself, as long as I keep my scales on, no, you need fins also. Kodesh Baruch Hu wants us to have fins. We have to move. We have to go. We have to swim. We can't just stay stagnant and protect. We have to move. Yes, you're right. Really, it's, it seems like it's kosher, just the scales. But Kodesh Baruch Hu says there are two simani tara. Yeshnam ke'elu. Shemistafkim l'shmar kayam. There are those that say it's enough to guard what I, what, what I have and where I am. It's enough. You know, at least my, my child is not doing falling. At least my child is not down there. He's here. He's, he's benoni. That's good. No. We have to push ourselves. We have to push our children. Right? Not just kases. Snap here. We got to float. We got to move. To make Torah great. To make ourselves great in Torah. To expand. Take it literally. That's what, why do we have another simon? To teach me that it's not just about protecting. We have to try our best to push ourselves in all areas. Right? The, the, the Vilna Gon writes in his commentary on Mishlei, right? man is called a holech and a malach is called an omed. Om dimi malo. A malach is an omed. A malach is created with perfection. It's created where he is for eternity. Malach can't move up or down. That's it. A person, a person is the only bria. That can move. It's always in constant motion. Man is in motion. Right? If we're not going forward, we know where we're going. There's no such thing as just having kaskeses. Right? The tide is going to take us back. If you just take the marshal a little more. If a fish is not pushing and floating with the fins, then he's going with the water. Sideways, backwards. Right? That's, that's us. If we're not using our fins to move... A law. Obviously, we need kaskashas too. You can't just have fins because then where are we going to be floating to? Where are we going to be swimming to? We'll swim to a place we don't want to be. So we need the kaskashas. But we also need, we need the snappy. Okay. <coughs> one more thought related to fish. We had one related to behemoths, two related to fish, then we'll get to birds. One other point related to fish. Ask the Abarbanel. The Azayim Torah quotes this question from the Abarbanel. Why is it that there is no Tumas Nevela by fish? When it comes to all other categories of animals, there's Tumas Nevela. When the animal dies, it's Mitame. A cow, a kosher animal, a non-kosher animal. Mitame, Tumas Nevela. Birds also have Nevela. Somehow only have a specific, a, a, a nevela of a kosher bird is only while I'm eating it. Okay, but it's still mitame me. There is some type of tuma. Tumas nevela. There's no tumas nevela by fish. Ve'ilu tuma lo nemra b'nevela's dagim. You're not allowed to eat it. But where's the tuma? Ve'nir wasis l'zeh beis tamim. Says the Azayim la Torah. We have two. Two 
two plus Aznayim Latoris tonight. The second one we've mentioned in the past. This one I don't think we have. Why there's no Tuma by fish? Number one, says the Aznayim Latorah. Shalom Gazra Torah Tuma Altavra Gadol Biyamim Ubenachalim Mekar HaTahara. Water is the source of purity. That's what water symbolizes. Mikvah. Mayim Chayim. Doesn't matter who's Tameh. What Tumah we have, Mikvah is involved. Doesn't matter if it's a one-day Tumah, a seven-day Tumah, Mikvah is always involved. Mikvah is the symbol of purity. It can't be that something is Tameh and it lives in the water. Can't be. If they're in water, then it can't be because the nature of water is tar, so it can't be tummy. Number one. Number two, a second idea, which is a general idea about tumma vitara. Madrekos, madrekos, latumma. Says of Saratskin, if you think about it, there are different levels for tumma. As we know, hachamura biyoter hi tumas meis. The most chamor is a dead body, a Jewish dead body. Shumatame bav tumasa tumasheva. It makes you tame even baohel. So sorry, it's cut off. Baohel tumasa tumasheva. Afterwards comes a non-Jewish mace. It's not matame baohel according to some Rishonim. It's matame b'magad b'masa, touching it a masa. After that, nevelas behema makes you tame for a day. Nevelas oftar only while you eat it. A sheretz, all different levels. All different halachas. Right, at what size. And it keeps going lower and lower. The most chamor, at the first parak, in Masechus Kalim, discusses all, all the levels of Tomentara. Why is this? Why are there different levels of Tomentara? Obviously, it's all a chok. But what message can we get from the fact, is there a pattern to what levels of Tomentara there are? Vahatam, line 18. Lumadregos elu. Mipne. Let's see what he says, and then let's try to explain it. Shatuma ba'a al yidei hachitzonim. Hamisdabkim begufa adam ba'habahema la'achar sheyotza hanefesh mimenu. There are spiritual forces that attack after the nefesh leaves. When the nefesh leaves, there are impure forces that attack. That's what he says. V'chol masha hanefesh gadola yoser. And the greater the nefesh was that left, the greater is the desire for these impure forces to attack. Ravsa hatashuka shel hachitzonim lehistavek beguf acharemisaso. Because they want to suck out the power. Because they lean up. They want to get nourished from what's left. The she'eris hakadusha. Let's just put it in another way. Whenever potential is lost, that creates Tumah. And the, gr- the greater the potential that had been there, the greater the vacuum and the greater Tumah sets in. It's more of a, less uh, Kabbalistic. V'lachain, ha-Yehudi Shemesa, what's the highest level of Tumah? The deepest. When a Jew who's high in 613 mitzvahs, his nefesh leaves. That's the greatest level of Tumah. What's next? An Akum. An Akum is even less mitzvos. Right? That's why it's less Tumah. Because there was less potential. 
What about an animal? An animal has tumma too. Why? There are any tzotzos of kedusha. There's potential an animal could use as a carbon. An animal could be used as at a suddis mitzvah. I could eat something and make a bracha. That also has less less tuma, right? It only makes me tummy for a day. It doesn't make me tummy for a week, like a person. So everything goes lower and lower and lower. Every bria says Rav Saratskin, has some type of kedusha that could be raised. It could be used as a carbon. Animals, birds, even birds. Only fish cannot be brought as a carbon. Only fish suggests Rav Saratskin. Have no nitzosos hakadusha. I baser v'dogim. Okay, I'm not getting into that. He doesn't get into it. Okay, but either way, he assumes there's no nishama. There's no nishmas ruachayim there. They're they're machuse, and therefore there's no tuma. It kind of works in the opposite way than the first idea. The first was like, oh, it comes from the source of Tara, and here it's saying that it's there is no nitzosos. But that's his his two opposite ideas. Okay, that takes us. Through fish. So we have the Yagdo Torah, the Kaskeshkes, and the Snapir, and then we have why there's no Tumah. Okay, birds. Birds, one of these we used already in a Shabbat Shuvah a couple of years ago, but it's, it's worth repeating every year. Birds, so we have the Nesher, we have a couple of Tame birds. Let's talk about two of them. This is the same page of Sarotskin in Source 8 and 9. The Nesher, the eagle. The eagle is a tame bird. Hanesher Azeh says of Saratskin. The eagle is tame, and yet its face is on one of the four corners of the Kiseyakavad. A tame bird. A right, tame animal too, an Arye. But a Nesher doesn't have any simin tahara. Hanesher Azeh, it's predatory, it has all, all the simonim of Tumah. She'ein bo af echon misimani tara hu echon midalat apanim hachakukim bekisei akavit. Right, one of the faces on the kisei akavit, including Yaakov Avinu. Why? The hayona, the yona, which is always the victim, which has all simani tara. That's brought as a carbon, right? It has simani tara. That's bird on the mizbeach. That's not on the kisei akavit. Maybe Maybe the reason an eagle is picked is because it's the four kings of the animal categories. Adam, Yaakov Avinu, right? He's the representative of man. Melech Abruim. Man is the king, is the prize created being. Shor Melech Shebebehemos. An ox is a king amongst the animals, the behemos, the tame animals. Aryeh Melech Shebechayos. A lion amongst the beasts. Vinesher Melech Shebeofos. So on all four sides of the Kisiyah Kavit Kavayachal are all the kings. But then you have the real king. On top, Melech Malche Hamlachim, Rama Kol Ramim, Gavoh Meakol Gvohim. That's why you need all the kings in order for the real king to be on top. And what about the Yona? He just adds a line. 
totally he's sorry for Kiddushmo Hagadol. It's better to be burned on the Mizbeach than to be chokuk on the Kisei HaKavit. Right, you're, you're Moser Nefesh for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A lot of symbolism in that. That's the Nefesh. Vidda'a. You have Vidda'a. The next Tomei bird. Right, again, Parakut Aleph. Pasik Yudalin. Vidda'a. Chazal say, this is the same, if you look in Re'eh, the Ra'a. It's called the Ra'a, not the Da'a. The Da'a and the Ra'a are switched. Why? Says the Gemara in Mesechus Chulin, quoted in source number 9 now, in Rav Saratskin again, She'ro'eh Yoser. It's called the Ra'a because it has unbelievable vision. Ability to see very far. Tana, and the Brisa says, Omedes Bebavel, it could stand in Bavel, Ve'ro'eh Nevela Be'eret Yisrael. And it could see a Nevela, a corpse, a Nevela in Eretz Yisrael, a carcass. Say, ask Saratskin, if it's such an amazing bird with great vision, so why is it a Tommy bird? It should be a kosher bird. It's such an amazing abilities. It's called the Ra'a. Says of Saratskin, ah, oh, abiding thought. Why? The ability to see from afar is not always a bracha and is not always cause for celebration. If somebody could stand in Bavel and see an Avela in Eretz Yisrael, that's not a kosher bird. Somebody could stand in Chutzlaret and tell everybody in Eretz Yisrael what they think is wrong with the country, that's not a kosher bird. In Eretz Yisrael. Remez la'anashim, and this is of Saratskin talking 90 years ago. La'anashim, this is a hint to the people. Haroim nevela be'Eretz Yisrael. Everybody, Outside, kishahim ba'atzmam omdim b'bavel, ena boim l'sheves be'eretz Yisrael la'azor la'ele, shemishtadlim l'aseis neshama la'amalev aruch l'holchim ba, shein datsatari nocha b'zeh. Somebody wants to have an opinion about something, you come to the land and then we can talk. Says Rav Sarotskin, omid b'bavel, v'roan avela be'eretz Yisrael, says every Jew has a chelik in Eretz Yisrael, but as the meraglim, the chet of the meraglim, you know, to give an opinion from the outside, it's got to be positive. It's got to be positive. We always have to see you. Re'e betuv Yerushalayim. Re'e betuv Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Finally, to end off the evening, the fascinating Ha'ara from the Vilna Gaon. Grub points out, if you keep looking in the Shratzim area, as we know, Anachash, the snake, is a non-kosher animal. Non-kosher animal. Says the Torah, all the way towards the end now, Pasig Membez, Kol holech al gachon. Anything, any animal that goes on its gachon, on its stomach. V'kal holech al arba, al amar a centipede, not kosher. Holech al gachon. What's so special about Gachon? So first of all, we have a Mesorah to write the Vav and Gachon very large. In the Torah, it's written very large. Largely. Also, in the Chumash, if you open up your Chumash, the Vav of Gachon is a little asterisk. And it says on the side, Vav de Gachon, Chatsi HaTorah Baosios. We're halfway through. This Vav of Gachon, right, alluding to the snake that goes on its stomach, this is halfway in the Torah. Wonderful. Ask the girl, what's this? The Gemara Kedushin even says it. The Vav of Gachon is the middle of the Torah. 
what's so special about the Vav of Gachov? What's so special? So the Gras says, I gave it to you in the translation. The Gras commentary, in the Juggler and the King, Rabbi Feldman, he, it, the Sefer is about two areas of that uh, Pirish of the Gra on an Agadita, one in Meseches Boabasra and one in Meseches Bechoros. So there, in the section on on, uh, <coughs> on Boabasra, in the Sugi is in the Ayin Dalad, Ayin Hay. So there he talks about this Pasuk. This is a compilation of the Gra's commentary on that Gemara. He talks about our Pasuk. What does it mean that it's in the middle? The Vav is in the middle. When something's in the middle, it means that everything around it hangs on it. The midpoint of anything holds together everything around it. The Vav of Gachon is in the middle. What does that mean? It means there's some message here that the rest of the Torah is dependent on. Just as the center of a circle is the point about which the entire circle revolves, so to this particular prohibition was placed in the center of the Torah to teach us that it contains the single idea around which the entire Torah revolves. What is that idea? Don't listen to the Nachash. Don't let the Nachash get the better of you. Yes, if we understand the Torah on another level of meaning, the reptile referred to as the serpent of the Garden of Eden, that snake convinced man to transgress God's will by denying God's authority over his creatures. Don't worry about it. The Baruch was not in charge. The essence of the entire Torah is to have man reject the serpent's enticements to deny God's sovereignty. On one level, we can't physically eat the snake. On another level, we can't receive spiritual nourishment from the ideas of the snake. Kodesh Baruch is in charge. We can't let Taiba get the better of us. I don't know if we discussed it in the past, but Rav Hirsch discusses this at length in Parshas Bracious. I gave you the piece where he talks about the difference between human wisdom and animal wisdom. And the Nachash symbolizes animal wisdom. What's good, what's, what's pleasurable now, what makes me feel good now is what life's all about. Come on, eat it. Nechman Lamara looks good, it feels good, it tastes good. Don't worry about it. God will understand. That's animal wisdom. right? An animal doesn't think before he does something. He just digs in. Right? His instincts. He wants something. right? If he wants a piece of food, he'll run in front of a car. Right? Animals don't have, right, don't have kibush hayetzer abilities. But that's what the Torah is about. But following HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not following the animal wisdom. Vav de Gachon. It's even a vav. Right? A vav is what you hang, a vav is a hook. What you hang something on. I don't, see, I don't think the Grah has this. But you hang something. The whole Torah is hanging on it. Following, right, the Torah started off with the Nachash, and now we have the Nachash as well. And just to end, feel free to read the, read the rest of the Rav Hirsch, but uh, just to end, Rav Adi Yosef writes in his Nakdama to his commentary on Pirkei Avos. Right, this week, Kali Yisrael starts learning Pirkei Avos. Why Dafka at this time of year? Pirkei Avos is good every day of the year. But there's a minute of Kali Yisrael, the Ramah quotes it, to learn Pirkei Avos Dafka after Pesach. Pays off the Shavuos and it expanded to the whole summer all the way until Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because at this time of year, the weather's getting nicer, it's a little hotter outside, and there's more distractions outside. It's a little harder to focus. It's a little harder to be in control. There are more Yetzirahs, there's more physical taiva in the world in the spring and the summer. There's more revealed than in the winter. Says Rav, says Rav Yosef, so we need Perkei right now. 
We need to keep ourselves in check right now. And maybe that's why we reach Shmini right now, right after Pesach, to remember the Vav of Gachon, to remember it's all about following HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Vav of Gachon reminds us, reject the Nachash, reject the he who goes on Gachon, alluding to, by the way, his punishment, according to the measures that he lost his legs. Dafke in Gachon, remember, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, and he should give us the ability to always follow his dictates. Okay, we'll stop here.